This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Denderen shortly. And with the momentous news that Cheryl Salisbury is set to become the first female footballer to be inducted in the Sports Hall of Fame at this year's ceremony in Melbourne on Thursday, the 10th of October, we're delighted to have Cheryl on the show to chat about what not only is a great personal honour, but a high watermark for the women's game in Australia and a long overdue recognition. And with the Wollongong Wolves progressing to the semi-finals of the National Premier League's 2019 final series under the stewardship of a soccer legend in his debut year as coach, we're looking forward to a chat with Luke Wilkshire to find out just how he's so seamlessly transitioned from player to clipboard. Then with the FFA Cup semis next week and the A-League countdown continuing, we'll preview the games and take a look at Adelaide and victory with our former Notts County man and 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Dean Hennessy. And of course, Willem has done plenty of work on this as well in the second hour. As we always do, we'll kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroos and Matilda Central, and there's plenty of news there. Then with a new era for one of the A-League clubs who've had so much early success, the Central Coast Mariners, we'll chat to the Central Coast Express advocates Emma Hurd about what's been a very different pre-season after the Hollywood start to last year and the Usain Bolt story, which fizzled in the same way as most of their season did. A busy week in Europe with plenty on, so we'll chat EPL and some shock results in the League Cup. Of course, we'll wrap it up with stoppage time, as we always do, Michael, plenty on this week. Always plenty on, Rob. Looking forward to the show. Looking forward to honouring Cheryl Salisbury. That's a wonderful achievement to be inducted into the Sport of Australia Hall of Fame. I thought it's been a big week for the FFA too. My uh, understanding is that the CEO hunt, uh, we should have a shortlist soon, or that won't be publicly available, but we understand that... uh, Throwing your hat in the ring? Uh, no, I'm not, uh, Rob. No, that's nice of you to suggest that, but no, I've got other priorities, Robbie. Um, It's a... Yeah, it's interesting. We understand the shortlist will be out soon, and uh, or they'll be, you know, uh, making their way towards a shortlist. Uh, and the board elections, two vacancies to fill on the FFA board, with uh, the deputy CEO of Optus, Kelly Bayer Rosman, standing down, and also BT Funds Management, Crispin Murray, not going around. They were both board members from the Lowy days. So my understanding is the clubs and the federations are doing their due diligence uh, as we speak on potential candidates uh, for the board. Um, and obviously. Um, a, uh, some good news and some bad news during the week for the junior teams in the of the uh, Australian uh, Federation. The junior Matildas, uh, the mini Matildas, went uh, out at the semi-final stage of the Asian Cup uh, in a 3-0 loss to North Korea. That means they won't qualify for next year's Under-17 Women's World Cup in India. But the good news is that the Joeys, the junior Socceroos, the young ones, in their qualification for next year's Under-16 AFC Asian Championship, they were able to get over the top, uh, get to the top of their group um, with wins over Macau, Mongolia, Timor Leste, and, and a big win over the host host of the group, Vietnam, 2-1, to go through to their competition in Bahrain next uh, this time next year. So well done to the Joeys, not uh, and bad luck to the uh, junior Matildas, the mini Matildas, who who um, for the first time in 10 years were able to at least make it through to the semi-finals, and they'll have in a couple of days' time a, a third-place playoff against China. Willem. G'day, Michael. G'day, Rob. Some more news on Australia's underage sides. The Oli Roos have been drawn in Group A for the Under-23 Championships in Thailand in January. 
The group compri- comprises Thailand, Iraq and Bahrain. Australia needs to progress from the group and finish in the final three to book a ticket to the Tokyo Olympics. I think the group looks manageable. It's a massive, massive opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Top three teams from that uh, event go through to the Olympic Games. So obviously, um, and maybe... Um, depending on uh, where Japan finish, if Japan finish in the top three, the, the fourth side will go through. So, yes, uh, interesting times for the Ollie Roos, uh, and uh, that's a good group, but obviously mm. they'll have to get uh, through to the quarterfinals and then battle their way to the semis and see what happens from there. The A-League will wait until the week of kickoff to hold its season launch in a bid to gain clear air once the AFL and NRL seasons are completed. Marketing for the season has so far been scarce, with club bosses hoping for a sudden boom rather than a protracted lead-in will get the job done. Marketing for the A-League was often criticised under FFA control guys and it seems the new openership are doing exactly the same thing. I don't understand why they seem to think that people can't enjoy the AFL or NRL and know that the A-League's coming up. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I agree with you. It's, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I spend most of my life in advertising and marketing and uh, unless you've got a very, very small budget, um, you don't leave it till the last minute to uh, to market. And uh, I see that wry grin on your face, Michael, and I think you are suggesting that that is exactly what the reason is. So we're hearing you know other reasons for it, but um, are we saying there's just no dough? Uh, I think that's the issue. There is no dough. But also... Um I'm just waiting because, you know, football fans and pundits and soccer Twitter, they have been lining up, kicking the FFA about the the promotion of the A-League for the last sort of, you know, five or six years Mm. in particular. Now the clubs are in control. And I understand, Rob, you you Mm. would appreciate Mm. the the significance of this. They've got a committee of uh, uh, people that work at clubs. They've formed a little... uh, a little uh, cohort of people who will make the decisions on uh, the marketing. That's going to go well, isn't it? Could you imagine representatives of the clubs getting in a room and agreeing on how to market the A-League? Really? (laughs) I mean, so we will have some rocky times with this new Mm -hmm. A-League infrastructure, and I just wonder... Well, what do they say? Be careful what you wish for. That's right. I just Mm. wonder in a couple of years' time when uh, Mm. maybe will the narrative be, oh, my God, this was much better when the FFA was running it. Mm. You never know. That might be the case. Yeah, look, I guess we all hope not because... Of course um, we do. We but, wanted to improve, but but it's not un, unlikely that it's going to be some rocky times, and we all know that old sort of... Uh, we want to know who's going to be the independent chairperson of the new A-League um, uh, body, so that'll be interesting as well. Yep. FFA have announced the National Club Development Policy to assist the administration of grassroots clubs. The NCDP will develop a model for clubs to follow, which will hopefully enhance and maintain standards across the board. It's an updated version of the National Club Accreditation Scheme from 2012. Yeah, good news. Any any resources that are in play for clubs is important, and and uh, that's a important piece of work that uh, the federation should be well and truly uh, investing in all the time. On the pitch, Western Sydney have been dealt a huge injury blow with Radoslav Majewski rupturing both his ACL and MCL at training. Majewski is one of Marcus Babel's big name recruits and was shaping up to be the Wanderers' number ten this season. Uh, meanwhile, Ernie Merrick has stated the Jets are actively pursuing an injury replacement for Wes Houlihan, and you'd expect the Wanderers to do the same. So, Edge, how does that work when they've forked out all that money? I mean, obviously, as a contracted player, he's going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, there's not a hell of a lot of money washing around the A-League. I mean, no, no, that's a big injury, too. And I understand it was uh, Dylan McGowan who uh, who tackled him. He was injured in a tackle. So you can only imagine uh, what was going on there. And I would think that, I mean, they are the worst injuries to cop. Uh, when you get injured in training and, and 
you know, in a tackle in training, mm. uh, you, the owners of the club, the coaches, they would be shaking their heads, thinking, "Come on, boys, you know, we're on we're on the same side here." So I just wonder if whether Dylan's uh, apologetic or whether it was just one of those things. But it seems like a big injury, ACL and, and MCL at the same time. Well, you know my limited football career, but I did do an ACL playing indoor football, and it was as innocuous, uh, in inverted commas, as uh, as um, I had the ball. Um, it was a mixed team. Um, um, a player from the other team just ran over to get the ball, just sort of tripped over. You tried over. the Maradona move and, yeah, I, and you, you went one way, you knew you went the I, other. Yeah, it was very, very simple. And if I, I'm, that's it. My, 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 my body was right in checks that my ability couldn't cash. And, yeah, so yeah. the best case scenario is he's out of this. Um, the best case is if he doesn't have an operation, the doctors say there's a very small chance that the ligaments will repair themselves and he could be back in 12 weeks or he has the operation and he's back in a year. I would say... But if he's done his ACL, done. you need... Yeah, well, that's that's right. Apparently, that was what was in the uh, in the press today, Rob. But okay. uh, I'd say that he's gone for the year. And Houlihan, um, big raps on him, uh, the Irish Messi, and he's out with that uh, syndemosis injury when you go over the front of your foot. And um, there's no blame in that, as I understand it was in an FFA Cup game and... I just wonder what the Jets will do there because uh, he was going to be a good player. Speaking of good players, Bezar Barisha looks set for another stint in the A-League with Western United, Melbourne City and Wellington all linked to the league's top goalscorer. Barisha is back in Melbourne following his unsuccessful time in Hiroshima and would count as a local player for any potential suitor. At 34, I think he'd be really good. So he'd good. count as a local player because he'd be naturalised. He's yeah. naturalised Australian, yeah. And I think he's moved back to Melbourne to live. Whether he can get a deal yeah. playing football again or not is sort of what's in question. <clears throat> he's 34, well, I think he'd be a really good second striker. He was, he was signed as cover uh, in Hiroshima for their their striker, so um, he just uh, didn't get a game. Uh, I think he played seven games in two seasons. I think his aggressive attitude was a little bit at odds with how they go about it in Japan yeah, as well. Yeah, so look, he's a renowned goal scorer. And, uh, he's one of the few big names that, that have come out of the A-League over, over time. I mean, I, I would think that he is a name that most non-football people in this country would at least be aware of. Yeah, the victory fans wouldn't be happy with him playing for Melbourne City, would they? Oh, well, they did. Just how do you think he would go with Jamie McLaren? How would that work if he's if he signed for City? What do you think? Well, City would definitely be the second striker, but I think he's more likely to go to Western United. He could sort of split the load with Scott McDonald, who yeah. is also a little bit older. The rumours are that he's been offered more game time at uh, Western yeah. United. All right, well done. Playing well. down at uh, Kidinia Park. Okay, we've got a big chat um, coming up next, boys, because uh, Cheryl Spalsbury, how's about that? Um, the first female football player in this country to be um, inducted into the Australian Sports Hall of Fame. So uh, Not before time. Exactly, um, and uh, a great recognition for football, women's football and football in general in this country. So stick around because uh, we're going to have a chat to Cheryl next on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box the Box on NTS News Talks. But when the press release popped in our inboxes on Sunday that uh, Cheryl Salisbury was to become the first female footballer to be inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame, at uh, a ceremony in Melbourne on Thursday, the 10th of October, we all thought it was not a moment too soon. Cheryl will join Ray Bartz, Harry Kuehl, Peter Wilson, Alfred Quill, Joe Marston and Johnny Warren as uh, one of Australia's most prestigious, in one of Australia's most prestigious sporting pantheons. And we welcome Cheryl again to Box to Box. Congratulations, Cheryl. Uh, what an honour. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was definitely a shock when I first found out and... Um I was actually, you know, I'm um, um, studying full time at uni um, at the moment, so 
I'd been playing phone, phone tag with Robert D. Costello, but I didn't okay. actually know it was him that was trying to call me, and I kept okay. having all these missed calls, but no one would ever leave a message. And well, I he's a marathon to... runner. He was going to persist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is true. And I just, like, for weeks, I was like, and every time I did call back, no one had answered, but no one would leave a message when they called back, and finally we got in touch, and it's like... Ah, so that's why you didn't leave a message mm. in case, you know, somebody else picked the phone up well, and... Um, take us through the, take us through the call. Oh, it was just, you know, he introduced himself and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember from way back the years of um, being down at the AIS, being a scholarship holder down there and, you know, yeah, he just said that, you know, you've been nominated by the panel to receive the Australian Sporting Hall of Fame award and... Yeah, it was, it just, it, it's like 10 years since I've retired and it was just like, oh my God, that was another life. Oh yeah, that was me. You know, I did used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Cheryl, you played 151 times for the national side. Uh, you had a, a, an international career and you were with the, you know, the, the, the early stages of, of women's football in uh, in the United States, um, but um Chris Nick, who um, he summed it up well, Cheryl understood the potential of Australian women's football and made it her mission to transform the sport she loved so that future generations of Matildas could reach their full potential and live their footballing dreams. Does it, I mean, you're a humble person, but um, do, do you feel that sense of pride when you hear those words spoken about you? Yeah, and it sort of, it really does sum up, um, it's probably more so now that I'm older and more mature and I'm on the other end of not being a player and and realising, you know, how much further we've still got to go for equality. And, you know, I, I bang on about it and I harp on about it. And, you know, a lot of the time I get asked by people interviewing me, but aren't you grateful? And it's like, mm. yeah, I'm grateful for a lot of things. But, you know, right now I'm no different than any other mum and dad trying to either work full time or I'm trying to study full time, no income, trying to jug family and bills and all those sort of things. And, you know, that's because we didn't have equality back then. We weren't paid as players. And I'm not talking about equal pay. This is just, you know, even minimum wage to be not in the position I am right now, mm. you know, struggling to find work because, you know, as a female athlete, you're not guaranteed jobs afterwards because you don't have the the fame and the media exposure um, that a lot of male athletes have or the money behind you to be able to set yourself up in a business or something. So... You know, it's that constant fight that I'm still still going on about and it's it's not just about the money, it's about everything that those ripple effects of not having work, not having a job, you know, that goes into not having super superannuation. You know, I'm halfway through my working life and I've got no super. I'm actually, um, Cheryl, I'm so glad you answered the question that way because we are actually at a really pivotal time in the continual evolution of uh, the women's game at the moment there's a an, another cba that's currently been negotiated and it's probably a, a tough one at the moment for the players and the federation because the a-league clubs independent body which will control the w league is involved um so there's another stakeholder in the negotiation so it might slow things down a little bit but when we just talk about the national teams the the, the women who represent australia on the international stage um, they work just as hard, just as long. They have just as many um, camps. They have just as many games. In many ways, they play more games. Um, yeah. Yet the return they get is, you know, it, it's not a little bit different to the boys. It's like a golf. I've always said that um, to 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 
um, work towards parity, and and you're right, it's not going to happen overnight. But there has to be incremental um, steps every time there's an opportunity to make an improvement. And I actually think that the players, I'm talking about the boys here, the men, can actually take a leading role. There's been a couple of players' associations around the world that have, um, the men have taken, uh, haven't, have, have said that we're not going to take an increase in our, uh, in our payments to ensure that the women get more, so they are not on the breadline. They're the sort of things that need to happen here, don't they? It's, it's not just the administration, but it's it's every stakeholder right through the game needs to recognise there needs to be a change. Yeah, and, you know, when I talk about equality, that they're the sorts of things that I mean, that regardless of whether you're a male or a footballer, if you play for your country or you play in the A-League or W-League, these are the things that happen. Now, you know, I've probably spoken before about it. You know, some of the girls in the W-League don't get to shower after a game at a double header because there's not enough room in the change room. That would never, ever happen to an A-League player, and it would be great to see men stand up and say, you know what, regardless, a footballer playing at this level should be able to shower after a game, or a footballer playing at international level, you know, shouldn't have to worry about losing their job because they've got to go away to a World Cup, and their employer won't keep employing them when they get back because they take too much time off. I would love to see men stand up and say this isn't good enough, these are footballers representing our country, we need to do more to make sure that they're, they're looked after enough so that they can train and, and compete with the rest of the world as the Matildas are now because they're full-time athletes, they're competing with the rest of the world. Yeah, they mightn't have done as good in the World Cup that everyone expected, but they have been beating the best teams in the world because they're professional footballers now. I never got that opportunity to do that because I had to try and work and, you know, juggle work and life and, you know, everything else. And that was part and parcel of being a female athlete. And that's what I want with equality is to players just to be looked at as equal. So it's just footballers, if they walk out, you know, at at National League level, you know, they're they're given the same respect both ways. And, you know, because there's no way that... A man would not shower after a game and get on a plane to go back to his home state without a shower after the game. It's just absurd, Cheryl. Completely absurd, but women have to put up with those sort of standards. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, one of the reasons why we're, we're talking to you because, um, you know, you, you 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 laid the foundations for, for the modern era and uh, and that, um, you know, is one of the reasons that um, whilst, um, you know, we would wish that... Uh, you could have had some of the material rewards that go with an elite sporting career, like you had um, the prestige and the honour of um, of being uh, the first female sports hall of fame inductee. Uh, Cheryl Salisbury is uh, is something that nobody will ever take away from you, and it's not too late. I mean, uh, I think Dino uh, he comes from a family steeped in football history, with his father uh, captaining Wales, playing for the national side 49 times, and uh, he knows um, the the intricacies. Dino, yeah, look, Cheryl, one one congratulations. On, uh, on 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 this, it, I think it's fabulous that you are the first woman and I, uh, to to get this uh, award, and, and I'm really proud that you're part of our show as well because you've been on on uh, many occasions. But I think what what can we do as as men? I mean, I'm 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 obviously involved in football, and I've been for the whole time I've been in Australia, 36 years. Um, what can we do to help? Because I think sometimes men have to get off their backsides and, and drive agendas on behalf sometimes, not on behalf of women, but on behalf of what's doing the right thing by a, an athlete. 
Yeah, I think it's probably just ask yourself the question, if you're expecting the women to do it, would you expect a man to do it on an equal footing surface? And that runs from whether it's grassroots level all the way up to the national team. You yep. know, I've been involved in, you know, coaching at local level when I first retired and, you know, the Premier League women, they're pushed out to the back paddock with no lights, basically, whereas, you know, the men get the first best field. You know, we don't get to play on the, you know, the, the pitch for the whatever team we're playing for because the men get the reserved rights for that. So it's all those sort of questions the whole way up. That's what I think, you know, if you wouldn't expect the ma- a man to do it, don't expect a woman to do it. That's, that's what the equality is about. And I think the more that we have that um, and the more that people ask those questions, the closer that we're going to get to that equality. And, and that goes for all sports, you know. The cricketers, I remember seeing, you know, the cricketers on TV, Elisa, uh, Elisa Healy, and, you know, they were talking about the the pay disparity and obviously Mitchell Stark had been told he wasn't allowed to say anything. Why can't they all band together and say it's not good enough? They're not going to sack the whole team or, you know, do anything like that. If a whole team stands up and says it's not good enough, why can't the Socceroos stand up and say it's not good enough? You know, we don't hear anything about that, you know, and a lot of these guys have got daughters that are going to grow up. And, you know, I have the feeling now, unfortunately, that I feel like that I wasn't worthy of trying hard enough to do more. No, you no, shouldn't no, think that at all. No, 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 no. Far from the no, 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 we've got to stop you there, Cheryl, because that's <laughs> not right. Hey, I'm going to change, I'm going to change tech for a moment because your message yeah, but, is, your message yeah, is important. But it, but it is because that's how you feel when for 20 years you see a man get everything mm. and you don't because you're constantly told, you know, the same thing over and over again. You don't bring in bums on seats in stadiums. Well, you know what? The Matildas do. You just didn't try hard enough. Mm. You know, we, we can't do that for you because we don't do it for the boys. But you, you actually pay them a hell of a lot more. So for 20 years I was told I was never equal to a man playing. And I know I'm not as fast and as strong, but it's all those little equality things off the field. I was constantly told, maybe not directly in a voice, but by actions, that I wasn't good enough to be equal to a man of worthiness. Well, on Thursday, the 10th of October this year, you are going to be absolutely equal because you will join um, shooter Russell Mark OAM, cyclist Robbie McEwen AM, swimmer Stephanie Rice OAM, triathlete Emma Snowsell OAM, and you'll be inducted into Sporting Australia's Hall of Fame. You have reached the pinnacle. You are a absolute icon of the sport um, of football and... Uh, and I hope that you have the most wonderful night on that night. Sit back and enjoy all the accolades that are going to come your way because you've earned every single one of them, Cheryl. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. I've still got a big fight ahead of me, but... Um, well, you look... Yeah, the, thing, the, the sense that we get, though, and the way that you, you, you tell your story, though, is it's uh, it's one with, with pride and dignity, but also one with uh, um, the fact that, um, you know, that you, you know that there's work to be done, but... Um, but you, you, you also come across as a happy person in your life. Um, not, you know, you would rather have had the, the rewards, but, you know, you still enjoy a, a quality life um, uh, regardless of whether that happened or otherwise. Yeah, and I, I you know, I think we never were, were paid the riches and the rewards. It was never about money. We played the game because we loved it. Mm. You know, yeah. there was no return on it. We only played it because we loved it so much. We had yeah. no choices about... I'm not happy here, I'm going to go to another country and play or try and get more money here. We just 
were so grateful for the opportunity to, to play and travel the world and play in different teams and countries. Mm. And I think that's that's the essence of, you know, women's sport, that we don't have all these opportunities just to turn our back and go somewhere else. Yeah. We play because we love the game. And, you know, from the first time I kicked a ball to my last game when I retired, I still love just training and playing and being with my mates. Mm. Good on him. Well, Cheryl, that, that, that's a wonderful message um, to, to end. And it, we, we, as Dino said, we're privileged to have you as part of our program. And we love talking about women's football um, on Box to Box. And uh, we're really grateful that you spent some time with us. Thanks, guys. Not at all, Cheryl. Well Salisbury, Cheryl. Uh, yeah, superstar of Australian sport at any level and uh, the most deserved inductee. And her name, her name was going to sit alongside Ray Bartz, Harry Kill, Peter Wilson yep. and Joe Marston. How good is that? Amazing and well-deserved. All right, well, we'll go to another Andrew legend Warren. of Australian sport, of course, um, uh, Luke Wilkshire after the break, who is now applying his trade at Wollongong Wolves as a coach. So uh, stick around because it's all coming up next on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, we all loved Luke Wilkshire as um, he showed the stage of, uh, of international football with the Socceroos, with uh, with Middlesbrough, with Bristol City, um, Dynamo Moscow, Feyenoord, so many teams. The Wollongong Wolves, of course, is where he ended his 403-game senior career and 80-capped Socceroos career. And uh, from what I understand, reading a little bit about, about the background, it took a little encouragement from your wife, Luke, to uh, make uh, the big decision to step into coaching. Welcome to the show. <laughs> G'day. Yeah, it did... Um yeah, I can't say I had any any plans to to become a coach, but um, yeah, an opportunity that arose, and obviously my wife pushing me into it, and yeah, I'm um, I'm grateful for it and really enjoying it. And as the uh, the Illawarra Mercury reports, um, you know, quite rightfully you were credited with turning um, the Wollongong into a, a New South Wales men's national Premier League juggernaut, um, but um, you know you were hesitant to take it on, so. Um, so right now you're you're in the the um, the top uh, um, level of of where your club can be at the level that you're, you're in. Um, any regrets, or are you you're, um, getting more enjoyment out of it than you you would have um, expected? No, there's definitely no regrets. Um, you know, like I said, I've taken it on, and and I am I'm really enjoying it. I've um, you know I've got a, a fantastic group of guys that have, that made it very enjoyable for me that I'm I'm really enjoying working with and. Yeah, and uh, like I say, there's definitely no regrets there. Well, isn't it absolutely sensational that we have a former Socceroos legend in the coaching game in Australia at the NPL level, and is there any surprise that they have dominated the New South Wales NPL and are also firm favourites... Local to boy. Take, ...to take out the... N- bread. That's right, to take out the NPL uh, uh, champions title as well. You had a win last week against Canberra Olympic, but you play... Uh, help me out here, Luke. Uh, you've got in your next oh. game... Perth, who, who yeah. had the upset away win against the Burgers, so um, yeah, you must be um, you must be riding high up at Wollongong. The fans, you must walk down the main street of Wollongong, and they just must love you. <laughs> no, look, it's, it has. It's been a, a great turnaround. Obviously, winning the premiership in the NPL one uh, for the first time in 31 years was was fantastic achievement. Um, but you know that's done, and we've got a, we've got a great challenge and opportunity now. Um, to win the national um, title, which you know, look, we're we're at home, and you know, Perth's a good side. They've had a good result against Heidelberg, but um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of belief in in my boys, and and if we perform the way I know they can, I'm sure we won't have a problem. 
Luke, uh, Dean here. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, and, and congratulations on having a fabulous season. Um, your thoughts, obviously, with your career playing overseas and obviously internationally and then obviously playing in the A-League and then now involved at the NPL level. Where do you where do you see do you think there is a gap between obviously the MPL obviously with the A League and would Wollongong Wolves be something where they might want to be in the proposed B League that might be coming around in around 2021? Yeah, for sure. I think um, the club in the region deserves to be um, in a higher level and, and in the A League eventually. Is, I, I would hope. I think um, you know there's obviously a difference, but you know I think. If, if I was to have my boys that I've got and the, the squad that I've got in a full-time environment, a professional environment, um, with what the A-League clubs have available to them, I've got no doubt that they would be competing in the A-League. Um, that's how, how I think of them. Um, I think it's just it's opportunity. It's opportunity and obviously finances. Also, just another, you know, especially like because you carved a really good career overseas, you know the lack of maybe young players coming into the current A-League system and starting. Uh, do you think that needs to be looked at? And, and if so, how would you change it if if you believe that's the the way it should go? You know, I couldn't doubt there's a, there's enough quality out there, and you know, young players definitely need an opportunity and, and belief. I mean, I think um, I probably have one of the youngest squads this year in the MPL one, and and I think probably 80% of, of the squad that I that I produced um, hadn't played at NPL one level, um, but with with opportunity, with belief, um, with the right structure, they've they've shown that they can step up and capable. And I've got no doubt there's a lot more younger players um, given the right guidance and opportunity can can step up and be playing in the A League for sure. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to soccer legend and the coach of the Wollongong Wolves, Luke Wilkshire. We certainly are. Luke, um, from time to time there's criticism that uh, not enough uh, former Socceroos or, or names in the game do go into the coaching ranks. W- what um, would you tell some of your former colleagues who might be uh, considering coaching? Um, what would, Now that you've had the experience of going, going into the NPL and having this season under your belt, you know, what would you say to some of your, you know, your former Socceroos teammates um, who might be thinking about, you know, uh, jumping into the deep end and having a go? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hours. Um, you know, look, you've got, you've got to have a, have a passion for it, I guess. And you know, I, I enjoyed being on the pitch. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I have. Um, you know, I've spoken to my boys. It's been one of the most satisfying years of my career um, in football to see to see other players develop and. And, and be successful and to be able to help them to, I guess you could say, fulfill their potential to, to an element is um, very satisfying and rewarding for me. So you go for it, you know, there's no harm in trying and, you know, should the opportunity arise and, and you feel you you want to have a crack at it and, and definitely when you've played so many years in football and, you know, it's just getting across to, to, the, to the players and the younger, younger guys, you know, what you've experienced and what it takes. Hey, look, we've all got influences on our life. So, I mean, you've all the clubs you've played at, all the coaches you've played under. When you're um, sitting at home thinking about uh, a training session or thinking about um, how you're going to influence a particular player, is there any coach that you go back to that you played under that you tend to gravitate to find inspiration from? Who was who the coach that you most uh, enjoyed working with in your club career? Yeah, to be honest, I've taken a, a bit out of everyone. Obviously, it's, it's hard to find one that, that does everything that you like, and I try and base everything that I do amongst the things um, that I enjoyed as a player, the sessions I enjoyed, what I took out of things, um, 
you know, I never enjoyed a coach overloading me with information and, and one-hour video sessions, and it's, it's definitely something that I'm not going to do to my boys. Um, you know, you've got to enjoy the game and you've got to get your points across, um, the important points. So, yeah, I'm, I sort of, I guess, taken a little bit from everyone. Um, you know, obviously, Gus Hiddink was, was probably one of the best in terms of strategic and, and preparation and, and, I guess, passion and love for the game, and, and that sort of rubs off. Luke, uh, final question. Um, we always love doing this when we bring people like yourself who've had a decent career. Best player you played against and uh, most probably the highlight of your career as a player? Mate, I had it a few times and it's a, it's a tough one. I think, um, <laughs> we always ask the tough questions. Yeah, to, to pick one. You know, look, there's, there's been so many. I guess you could say, you know, I remember played against Messi one time. Um, yeah, he's, for me, the best player in the world. You know, someone like that, and and look, looking back on the highlight, there was that many highlights, but um, but for sure, a, a lot of the best ones had, had to do in the green and gold shirt. But as a player on the field, Lionel Messi, I mean, us as spectators and you know people who know the game far better than I do, like yourself, Dino and Michael, um, as a player on the field. And you say, with your amazing career of World Cups and and multiple top flight clubs, etc., what is it that he did as a player that you know, mesmerised other players that just made you stand back and think this guy's just that much better than than everybody else. Mate, he just um, he's just naturally gifted. He's um, you know, the way he is, there's no hard work. He makes it look easy. You know, the way the way he can move with the ball, the way you know he loves loves to play the game. It's you know, it's just so natural for him. I was a player that probably wasn't, or no, I wasn't gifted with with that much ability. Um, had to work hard for every, every little bit that I got. And you see someone like him who just, yeah, it's, it's just born in him. Well, good luck on uh, Sunday. Uh, Wollongong Rules will host Perth SC from WA for a shot at the at the uh, National Premier League's grand final, which will be on the uh, 5th or 6th of October, Luke. Uh, we wish you well. It's just, look, I, I mean, um, it's not lip service. It's just absolutely sensational that we have someone who represented our nation so many times and so uh, with so much uh, honour and prestige to be in the game at the NPL level, um, learning your craft. And I hope um, we see you in the A-League soon and who knows where that'll take you. Cheers, fellas. Thanks very much. Luke Wilkshire, thank you very much for joining us. Wollongong Wolves coach and Socceroo legend. It was great to have Luke on. Certainly was. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Great Just, memories of Luke. I mean, I remember yeah. when Gusini plucked him out of. I think he was playing at Bristol, wasn't he? At the, um, yeah, he was. At Bristol was, yeah, at the time. Yeah. At the time uh, and uh, he obviously hitting saw something that previous soc- uh, Socceroos coaches had. See, I told you the NPL is not that bad. You know, you can do all right in the NPL edge. No, I know that the NPL is all right. I'm just saying, isn't it? But Dino, seriously, it's awesome that Luke is. Uh, no, it is. I mean, I've. Co- I mean, he's got I've so much experience years in it, and, and I loved it, and still involved in it. And yeah, no, but he's but he's profile in terms oh, of... Oh, no, and, and I think and, and I think, um, I don't know if Luke's still on there, but um, if he is, it's great that sometimes if you go to the top job first and you haven't done your apprenticeship and learning, it makes a big difference when you've, 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 you've done it and he's learned on the run and with all of his experience and pulling all the, all the detail together and that's why he's been successful and, you know, and I think the longer he does that and gets that right, who knows what could happen for a career in, in, as a manager. Keep the fingers crossed. Exactly. All right, we're going to stick with the local game after the break. We're going to uh, take a look at the uh, FFA Cup semi-finals and uh, continue on our countdown of A-League clubs as we get closer to the kickoff. That is all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? 
The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is box to box and it's not far away now. The uh, other codes in Australia are wrapping it up. The AFL Grand Final this weekend, the NRL the following weekend, and then finally the A-League starts. So we're going to continue on our Is countdown. anybody going to go to the NRL this weekend? Uh, I understand there's 25,000 seats left for the uh, the NRL match at the Sydney Cricket Ground hmm. on the weekend. Nobody likes it up there anymore. They don't go to the games. What's, what's all that about, Rob? I know. Look, I'm not going to rise to the bait, Michael, so uh, <laughs> we'll move right along. Serious? <laughs> you know I'm a They don't like it anymore up there. No, they love it. Um, anyway. They all just want to watch it on TV with their... That's exactly what With their rushes. Exactly. Rushes, because it refreshes. Um, right. Or their twoies. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> We've got to get to a couple, you know. no, no, it's a line, Nathan, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, listen, we're talking um, the... Uh, like well, first of all, FFA Cup before we get into the countdown. So uh, we'll get the big semi-finals on this uh, coming week, Willem. So um, there's uh, the first on, on Tuesday night and then uh, and then Wednesday night. So uh, uh, walk us through them, brother. Yeah, so the first one is Adelaide against Central Coast. Up at Central Coast. All roads lead to Central Coast. The big blockbuster A-League, the Titans. And we're going to talk the to Emma. The Titans. We're going to talk to Central em- Coast Mariners, they're back. We're going to talk to Emma Heard about that, yes. Yeah, so we'll, Just um, on that, that, I was in now. Wales at the time, and I actually watched the quarterfinal against Hume uh, on the, on the um, Sky. Okay. So that's a big night for yeah. Broadmeadows. Yeah. You did mention that. You mentioned yeah, that when yeah, you came yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was that was good. But then I had to fly and miss the goal. <laughs> did you catch the rain at the end of the game? No. no very local, very localised rain at the end of the game. Yeah, with beer. Did you hear about that? I did. Yeah. Hear them throwing the beers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then the second clash is City against uh, Melbourne City against Brisbane Strikers up at Perry Park, which we're both a fan of the venue there. Michael. We love Perry Park. It's a great venue. Yeah, and good luck to Brisbane Strikers. Yeah, absolutely. And Fantastic coach, effort. And young coach. Young Owen. Yeah. I mean. Out of all of the teams that have made, all of the federation teams that have made the semi-final of the FFA Cup, Dean, I sense this is the best chance that any team has to do well. Not win, but do well. Well, it'd be a great story for football, wouldn't it? I mean, we talked about the lack of marketing in the first hour. It's because so, it's, you know, it's a If, if we can get a, yeah. like a fairy tale story like that yeah. come through, that's as likely to build a little momentum. Yeah. Well, what are your tips, Juan? I will go with City. And Adelaide. I'm going for. I, you, look, just the back that the you know the the Titans of the A League are, uh, are back in town. Uh, I'm going for Adelaide to beat them. Adelaide to beat Central Coast, and uh, um, I think Melbourne City will win against Brisbane, but I don't think it will be easy. Um, I think Central Coast will win. I think oh. they're just on a bit of a roll. Um, After their huge much, win over here. And as much as I like Brisbane. 97th minute winner, winner yeah. against you. Yeah. Oh, look, it's football, isn't it? Uh, but then on the other result, I just can't see anything. But... You're such a pack of pikers. No one wants to tip the upset, do you? <laughs> Go on, do it. Oh, well, of course you I'm going it. to tip the upset. You knew I was going to from the start. Strikers. So I'm ticking the, the strikers in a, uh, um, a an over. epic um, ball over. Yes, uh, so the strikers to Extra beat the city. Extra no, no, I just think uh, I'm just going to go with the victory. I know, um, you know, on the punt, you, you don't want to sort of, when you're tipping the upset, to, to get too accurate. 
accurate. You just want to go with the result. Um, and um, and What's a so, but of pikers, Rob. Well, it, it means that they're just you're not prepared to have I a. Where their term um, comes from? And then and then pikers are um, what's gy- gypsies. Is that where their term comes from? Can we can <laughs> we fact check that, please? Yeah, I don't think we need to do that. I don't, I don't can know. Can we fact check that? And Google the Central Coast Mariners. So well, that's job job for you, please. We want to know where the term pikers comes from. Strikers, the Mariners in the. Mine might have been pikers. <laughs> All right, and uh, okay, so get into your. Oh, here we go. A piker. I looked it up quickly. In North American, a gambler who makes only small bets. There you go. That's you, pack of pikers. A person. Who, <laughs> yeah, and in Australia, a person who withdraws from a plan or commitment. So, no, I'll go with the North American. That was my intention uh, for using that word. Fair so, enough. Uh, Willem, the, um, the, count, the club countdown. Who are you doing first, Willem? Got Adelaide first. I finished fourth last season and did quite well in the finals. New era under Gertjen Verbeek, who's of course coached a lot in Germany and Holland, his homeland. They looked in good touch in the FFA Cup, which is touched on. They do have a couple of big outs from last season, Isaias and Craig Goodwin. I know there are a number of fans who hope that Isaias would finish his career at the club. He's won the last three club championship awards, so that certainly leaves a big gap. And Verbeek still has a foreign spot left to sign before the season. Looking at their key players, they've signed uh, hometown boy Riley McGree outright from Bruges. He spent a lot of time on the bench at Melbourne City last season. I don't think that'll be the case this year. He'll be central to everything they try and do in attack. And Michael Jakobsen, who'll also be crucial without Isaias. He's now the most experienced player at the club. He's also, uh, well, we quite like him here on the show. He's a good guest, so expect more of the same from him throughout the year. For me, um, a couple of players that I'm really looking forward to their development. Alassane Toure, he's uh, been very, very good in the FFA Cup. Um, just wonder whether he can continue and sort of get a, a look in, in terms of a regular start. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and um, Jordan Elsie, I've had a sort of an eye on him for, for some time about a potential future Socceroo, and mm-hmm. I'd like to see him really kick on again this year. He, uh, he did well last year, he was injured for a part of the year, but I think he's uh, got some potential down the track. We'll just go through a couple of uh, Verbeek's signings. He's brought in Christian Opseth from Norway. He's a 29-year-old striker, not to generalise, but sort of players from that part of the world have struggled a little bit, especially once it gets hot in Adelaide. So good luck to him. We'll see how he goes. And he's also brought in Michael Maria, a 24-year-old left winger who he worked with at FC Twente in Holland. He's won 20 caps for Kerakau. I think, Rob, you and I were pronouncing it Curaçao. Mm. It's actually the Dutch Caribbean island where that the blue liquor comes from. Yeah. So that's that's why we were going on. Yep. Yes. And some of their early fixtures, they kick off the season at home against Sydney FC, as they did last year. They're then away to City and the Jets. They then have the buy in round four before hosting Brisbane in round five. It's quite a tough start, that. It is tough. If they don't get a result in the first week, they're not back at home until round five. Mm. I think their squad's skinny if they lose a player, like you know, just to say yeah. Riley McGree goes down, <clears throat> they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. especially with the SSR as yeah, well. Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah. And victory, um, it's the post-Muskie era. Um, yeah, what a turnover. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what mm. a this is a genuinely new era. Kerr's proved himself at Adelaide on a bit of a shoestring budget. He's now at a bigger club with a bigger budget, better facilities, but sort of more of a demand for success, and that's not a knock on Adelaide at all. He's made fans happy. He signed... Old boys, Robbie Cruz, Adama Traore, Andrew Naboot. I often call Victory the Melbourne Victory Old Boys Football Club because of the amount of blokes they bring back in, mm-hmm. and he sort of slotted straight into that. But we should note that all three of those guys are at different stages of their careers to when they left initially. New signings, he's gone quite old and experienced. Jacob Poulsen's 36, Christian Dobras is 26, a bit younger. Uh, Midgen Basher, 32, and Tim Hoogland, 36. So that can work both ways. If you get a couple of injuries, it can yep. blow up a little bit. So he's, he's sort of put his, all his chips in there on those older guys. 
Uh, he's a good coach. Uh, he's a commitment to fitness. I think they'll be fit. And uh, I just think the quality of Naboot and Cruz will do them very well uh, alongside Tornovan. Yep. Um, for me, they're a team uh, that will finish at the pointy end of the season. Pointy end of the ladder and uh, and at the pointy end of the season. Just going through their opening fixtures, round one, a massive derby at Etihad, so a home derby against Melbourne City. They then go, uh, they then host the Wanderers at the same venue. They then go away to Brisbane. They're then home to Western United in the first of that sort of rivalry and then home to Wellington at Amy Park in round five. It's they not beat, a bad start. They beat Western United 6-0 in a training gallop about six or seven days ago. So uh, I don't know what you re- can you read anything into that? Oh, I just think it's a good start for victory, yeah. especially if they win the derby and get off to a real flyer. Mm. And then, but can got... you read in, into the fact that they had a scratch match against Western United no. and beat them six 0 No, they might have just been looking at the recruits that you Who know knows, we've yeah. got two or three signings to make and we'll just make a happens, decision. Yeah. yeah. All right, well done, Willem. <clears throat> Gentlemen, uh, that is the end of our first hour. Um, we are going to get stuck in, of course, at the top of the next hour with second edition news. Soccer is Matilda Central. We're going to talk to the Central Coast Express advocates, Emma Hurd, about the Central Coast in more detail. Um, all the uh, goings-on in Europe, and we will, as we always do, wrap it up with stoppage time. Stick around. That's all next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news with Willem van Denver and shortly including Matilda's and Socceroos Central. We're going to chat Central Coast Mariners with the Express Advocates Emma Hurd. It's a new era up on the coast and uh, hopefully it'll be a... A bright new era, a brighter start than uh, this time last year. Plenty in Europe, stoppage time, of course. Willem, you got a stack. I do, Rob. Socceroos and Matilda Central for the Green and Gold Army. Support the Socceroos in their World Cup qualifier in Taiwan in October. Following that, follow the Young Matildas in Thailand as they compete for the 2019 Under-19 Asian Cup. Both packages are available at ggatravel.com.au. Aaron Moy has finally made his starting debut for Brighton, getting through 70 minutes in their nil-all draw with Newcastle, which also, of course, means a second clean sheet of the season for Matty Ryan. Quite a few Aussies found the net across Europe, starting with Aidan Rustic, who scored his third goal of the campaign in a win for Groningen. Mustafa Amini scored the winner for AGF in their Danish Super League clash with OB, and it was a really good goal as well. He was well outside the box on his left with plenty of bodies in the way. We'll see if we can get that one onto the box to box Twitter page. Tom Rogic returned to the starting lineup with a goal over uh, with a goal in Celtic's 5-0 win over Partick Thistle. Graham Arnold won't be including him in the upcoming squad. He'll be getting his knee back to 100% and he'll also be getting married. And Craig Goodwin is off the mark in Saudi Arabia, scoring the only goal for Al Wada in their win over Al Fiyah. Uh, to the Matildas, Sam Kerr has broken the record for the most goals scored in a single season of the National Women's Soccer League. Her double in Chicago's 3-1 win takes her, to, takes her tally to 18. And it may also be a good time to mention Ante Milicic has named a training camp squad ahead of the Matildas' November friendlies against Chile. Kaya Simon is back in after she missed the World Cup, as well as a number of fresh faces that haven't been involved. Edge, what did you make of some of the players included? Really interesting, actually. Um, obviously, it's a train-on squad, so um, he's obviously going to be having a look at some players that would you would think not make it. But Emma Checker returns from the wilderness after her. Uh, she's moved from Adelaide United to Melbourne City for this year's W League, so it's been a long time since she's been involved in a, uh, a train-on squad. Um, there's some youngsters there in Alex Chidiak, who's playing for Atletico Madrid in Spain. Interestingly, they elected to give Samantha Kerr a rest. They elected to give Emily Gilnick um, uh, not and call her up because she's in. She's playing for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Uh, Kyrie Cooney-Cross, uh, obviously, she was uh, part of the 
set up in France uh, there just to get experience. Um, uh, Bolt's Jacinta Galbatarachi, uh, who was signed for West Ham United, she's really been a, a bit of a star of the local NPL level in Victoria. That's a bit of a shock to me. Um, I'm not sure whether she's up to it in the longer term, but we'll wait and find out. Um, uh, Annie Grove, a goalkeeper from the Future Matildas program. Uh, the big one, though, Jen McCormick, who is a two-time AFLW Premiership player with Adelaide, has returned to the sport. She's turned her back on AFLW and she's got her set eyes set well and truly on that centre-back role in the Matildas. There is quite a bit of lack of depth at the moment in the defenders and also Ali Brush, who played the last two years for Greater Western Sydney Giants in the AFLW, has also returned to the football and she's going to be trying to make her push for a similar defensive role in the Matildas. Um, she's actually not in this train-on squad, but I think um, she'll be. she's one to watch. Um, and... Uh, and Courtney Nevin, also from the future Matilda. So they're the interesting ones for me. Uh, noticeable absentees out of that list, I thought, were Ali Brush, Melina Ayres, Princess Sabini and Remy Seisman. All can probably count themselves a little bit unlucky for not being included in that squad. UEFA have announced their new cup competition will be known as the UEFA Conference League. The 32-team tournament will be commence in 2021 and will be based on regional conferences, allowing more clubs to be involved in continental competitions. Seems a bit of a stretch to me to include more football in the calendar, but the Nations League was such a success. Probably can't be too sceptical. We'll see how it goes. I'm sceptical because they need, if they have this competition, they need to put the winner in the Champions League to make it a real. Otherwise, uh, there's always got to be an incentive, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure where it fits actually without that. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm with you, Willem. We don't really need any more, do we? No, I don't think so. No, no I don't think so. <laughs> Lionel Messi has been voted the best male player at the FIFA Football Awards for the sixth time, with Megan Rapinoe taking home the best female player. Jurgen Klopp and outgoing US women's coach Jill Ellis won the best managers of the year. Notably, Marco Bielsa won the Fair Play Award from back in April when he ordered his players to allow uh, Villa the equaliser in their clash in the championship. Did you see uh, Megan Rapinoe's um, uh, speech? Uh, she really came in off the long run and, uh, um, you know, as she tends to do, advocated for, well, for, she's for a, women's football. She's a change advocate, isn't she? And she's, uh, she's, she's a ma- but, yeah, but But she yeah. used some great analogies, um, which I thought were particularly relevant around homophobia and racism and just general hate um, that goes on. And, um, and you know, I've I found her a little bit prickly over time, um, a little bit difficult to warm to, but that speech I really liked and uh, I thought, um, you know, using sometimes your, your platform for, for positive uh, uh, messaging um, is... Um I don't know. It, some people haven't got the guts to do it. She doesn't. Uh, I think uh, if anyone's entitled to do sure. it, uh, she, she's the best, uh, arguably the best uh, one or two players in the women's game. Uh, mm. Interesting. Can I just say on that night, a um, bit of a, a big shout out and a big tick to a former uh, FFA director and, and uh, Moya Dodd, um, who's a bit of a big name in the women's game in Australia. She was on the F- FFA board. Mm. She also represented Australia at FIFA on uh, as an appointed uh, member of the Exco for sort a while. sort of dudded on um, one of the top level FIFA committees. Yeah, um, in the last couple of years. Yeah, um, but she's the chairperson of a, uh, a charity called um, Common Goal, and uh, Jurgen Klopp, when he got his award, announced mm. that he was joining the charity. Now that the the charity is quite impressive, actually, it's uh, about these big high-profile fo- uh, football identities. D- pledging to donate 1% of their salary to Common Goods, mm, uh, yeah, ch- yeah, yeah. charitable efforts. Yeah. So um, congratulations to Moy. She had a big night because Megan Rapone joined it and, and so did Jurgen Klopp. So uh, a great uh, little bit of work by Moya. 
who would have thought a girl from Adelaide would do so well? Good story. Yeah, that's excellent. Common goals. I think one Martyrs start up, and Alex Brosk is a mm. member of it, I believe. Yeah, 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 it's fantastic. Yeah. Bayern Munich president uh, Uwe Honus has threatened to block Germany's access to their players if Manuel Neuer is dropped from the national team. Neuer's place in goal is under threat from Mark Andre to Stegen, who has expressed frustration at his lack of opportunity. Honus stated his player wouldn't be damaged for no reason and that they'd stop sending their players to the national team. Another instance of Bayern Munich conducting themselves as a Bavarian club, not in step with the rest of Germany. I don't think they can actually block players without FIFA sanctioning them, mm. but it's very contentious. But it just sounds absurd that um, a club would uh, would say that sort of thing um, to, uh, to to leverage um, you know the, the, their their sort of muscle and and think that it's not going to come across as. Uh, as um, just the big boys trying to throw their weight around and uh, and ultimately they're not going to get what they want anyway. Well, they're the biggest boy in German football, so mm. I think it's an example of them uh, flexing that big bicep they've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an interesting one from 2013 that's only just surfaced now. Liverpool are believed to have paid Man City a £1 million settlement fee after hacking into their scouting system. Mm. Liverpool's <laughs> believed to have accessed City's Scout 7 data based on hundreds of occasions. They only found out having enlisted... Uh, computer espionage experts to see if their system had been breached. So the story goes that the two of the city uh, I love recruitment um, staff moved to Liverpool and uh, and they initiated this whole caper. Yeah. Sounds yeah. a bit like uh, Maxwell Smart, doesn't it? Yeah, it does sound a bit like Maxwell Smart. And uh, I wonder what Dino... Dino's just walked into the studio. Uh, you'd be a fan of that sort of behaviour at any... Uh, win at all costs. Well, we've seen that <clears throat> with Leeds United. <clears throat> and the Bells has obviously uh, turned it all around with just saying, oh, yeah. I remember when that goal went in, because I <laughs> flicked my eyes up. He was all for it. Mm. He carried... So you carry on. <laughs> and then when it all got a bit tasty, he backed, backed out. So. Oh, that's a big pace. He's also got <laughs> the FIFA <laughs> fan. Play a wood. Give it a toss. And then Welcome ultimately, in ultimately in the promotion to the uh, Premier League stakes, they missed it by, by that much. much. <laughs> okay, here's one for you, Dean. Watford goalkeeper Ben Foster has predicted it's only a matter of time before Man City hit double digits on the score sheet. Foster was in goal as City put eight into his net, an experience he called no fun at all. City remained five points behind top spot, but look to me like they're really starting to click into gear again. You guys have seen a lot more of the Premier League for me. How long is it until we start to consider them one of the best teams? Oh, Surely no side has routinely dismantled opposition. They're five like points they behind Rob's team at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, they're not the best but this year. if you look at the last two years, obviously the, the, the golden numbers are 100 points or 98 points. It's just ridiculous. It means realistically you can't, you know... You've got to win the Champions League. Drop, you have to win the Champions points, League um, to be the best of the they're, best. They're, they're a machine. The Not just the performance, but their play, and they're all not selfish. They all get everybody involved. Just a quick one on the Premier League. Matty, Matty Ryan. Matty Ryan. Got to love him. Uh, during the week, um, a young boy, uh, only eight or nine, his family got a new puppy, and the young boy uh, in Brighton, obviously, is a big fan, walks around uh, the street all day long in Matty Ryan's gear, um, you know, in, in, the, in the full goalkeeping kit. Uh, they got the little uh, puppy, little Labrador, and they called it Matty. Uh, they tagged him in on Twitter. He, he, he obviously noticed it, found out where they lived, turned, turned, turned up two days later for morning tea, and uh, there's Beautiful. a great Peter of, picture of Matty and the puppy and a little boy on. Uh, you just got to love Matty Ryan. Don't well, you can see what the club loves. loves you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how good's that? I mean, That's how good, good is that? Well done, Willem. Right, we're going to uh, flip over to Central Coast Mariners news next. Uh, we uh, have um, been watching with interest this past sort of 12 to 24 months with a lot of the signings with uh, Usain Bolt and the hope and expectation that all floundered in the end and now they've got Alan Stadich and he sort of resurrected their season late. I reckon so Central Coast Mariners sporters don't like it 
No. Bringing that up all the time, Rob. No, no, don't mention the war. Yeah. Well, I didn't get away with it this time. Anyway, Emma Hurd from the Central Coast Express Advocate is going to join us after the break on Box to Box to chat about what's going to happen this year. Stick around. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, about this time last year, we were talking to uh, Patrick Bowden, who was then with the Central Coast Express Advocate, about uh, Usain Bolt, what he was bringing to the Central Coast, the excitement around the league. And it was exciting. It was interesting. Um, there were plenty of people on both sides of the fence. There was no grey area in uh, the Usain Bolt discussion. I but, remember which side of the fence Dean was on on that one. Uh, and you remember which side I was on, so they were polar opposites. But uh, <laughs> fast forward a year, Alan Stajic is in charge. They had a, a, a pretty ordinary season for most of the year, but uh, when Stage took over late in the year. He seemed to get things back on track and earn himself a, a contract to, to continue the rehabilitation of his football career. And uh, and now we are talking to Emma Hurd, who is who is now running the beat of the football uh, code Mariners wise up on the uh, Central Coast. And we welcome Emma to the show. Um, Emma, um, a year on, uh, what's your take? You were there then, you're there now. What's your interpretation of the of the difference? First of all, in the uh, in the general vibe around the club. It's a lot more settled than it was um, 12 months ago. I think, um, yeah, all the fuss was about Bolt and now it's about the football, where it probably should be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, you've, you've been with the Central Coast Express Advocate for a long time, so you, you know you you, um, you know the way the Mariners uh, are treated around town. Do, do you think um, the... Um, there, there, was there just a lot of general disappointment or disillusionment about what ended up happening last year? I think just disappointment. Just disappointment that it couldn't work for both parties. It wasn't really... It was, a, I guess, a marriage that we hoped a lot for and that really didn't deliver for anyone. Emma, there was obviously uh, a certain amount of the football community was pretty happy when Alan Stajic got the job at Central Coast Mariners and some people were a bit surprised. Uh, but what's your experience of watching the way Alan's going about it? Um, what can you, what observations can you share with us uh, being on the beat and, uh, you know, how have you viewed um, how he's gone about recruiting, training and sort of getting uh, the, the place, like you said, more organised? Can't fold him. I really can't. Yeah, he's been impressive to deal with, impressive to watch, and the guys seem to really um, have warmed to him, and I guess warmed to each other. Yeah, it does appear that way. Um, The ins to Central Coast Mariners squad this year, um, you know, there's no massive names like Andrew Naboot or an Ola Toynivan like at Melbourne Victory or a um, Di Martina at uh, Western United or a Jamie McLaren at Melbourne City, but... They are solid, dependable players, and it just appears that some of them are going to get probably more chances to play at Central Coast than they would have with some of the clubs they've come from. What's your assessment of the experienced A-League players that have been brought into... I'm talking about Daniel De Silva, I'm talking about uh, Giancarlo Galafulco, I'm talking about uh, Abraham Majok, for example, those types of players. Do you think Allen and the club can get more out of those guys? I think... Um, I guess it's a similar vein that's been there with the Mariners of old as well. So many players come to the Mariners needing that extra kick for whatever reason. They're looking for something that, whether it's to rediscover their own form or what have you, but it's almost like a motley crew that 
together, they just seem to, from the limited amount that we've seen so far, it just seems to work. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Emma Hurd, uh, football writer with the Central Coast Express Advocate. Do you know? Yeah, just, uh, hi Emma, uh, welcome again to the show. Um, just in going back to Stadge and, and, and your th- earlier thoughts, uh, can you dig a bit deeper of, of, of how you think it looks different to maybe from previous uh, managers or coaches at the club because he's, he's done an, un, an unbelievable job when he was, you know, with the women's game and obviously then converted to to Central Coast. And even when he got there, right at the back end of last season, I think there was about five rounds, I could be corrected, but they seemed to play differently straight away. And, you know, you could think if everything goes right, there could be a real big chance for the next season. Yeah, I think with him it's been... Um I guess he's got rid of the victim mentality. There's been a lot less of his fault, their fault, whatever it may have been in the past. And it's just everyone's taking responsibility for themselves, for moving forward. He's been um, very open with them about what he wants and what he needs. And they're just responding. So, Emma, um, with that more positive vibe around the place, and as you say, you know, a victim mentality is never conducive to a, a pleasant environment to work in. Um, whether you know you're in any form of professional or a professional sports person, um, how do you feel that that's rippling around the community? On you know, from my childhood, remember some wonderful days um, spending holidays up around the you know the beautiful environs of the Central Coast, and it's just a magnificent lifestyle for people to live up there. But um, but they've just never had a, a sporting team of their own that they can truly claim their own. And there are so many regional areas of Australia, um, whether it's New. Castle in um, rugby league or Geelong in uh, the AFL who've uh, have been able to really claim a great team and and you know in the early days the Mariners looked like they were that team and they just have lost their way. Do, do you sense that 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 that, um, that latent hope and expectation of a, a team that the local area can call their own is is um, you know a, 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 you know um, ready to, to come back? They're almost too nervous to hope too much. Mm. They really, um, I think this semi-final will be a real sort of a chance for the players to make a statement and a chance for the fans to just see that it is the real deal and it's not just us getting our hopes up again. Emma, we noticed, uh, Look, I, I just love the fact when uh, A-League clubs sign international players, Ziggy Gordon, he's been signed oh, from Hamilton Academical. He's awesome. <laughs> does that mean he's, because he's been signed from Ham, Hamilton Academical, does that mean he's smart? Oh, we're only fine, smart. <laughs> no, he's he looks a lot of fun. I've been following whoever does the the uh, club social media, Instagram and uh, and Twitter and so forth. They do a fabulous job because yeah. he seems like he's got a very big personality, Ziggy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just happy to have a bit of fun. When he first got here, I had a bit of a chat with him, and he confessed to um, watching a bit of Home and Away back in the day. And, <laughs> you know, it was super cold weather when he got here, but he was quite happy to go and have a run on the beach just because he could. I think he's just good value. I think he's good value. I think he'll become a bit of a cult figure up there this year. Yeah. I'm certain of that. Another player that I'm interested in is Kim Eun-sun. He's been signed from Korean club Ansan Police. So is he laying down the law for you at the Central Coast Mariners? Oh, oh, I think he, um, yeah, I'm quite excited to see what he can sort of provide for us. It was a very long period of would they sign, wouldn't they sign with the two Koreans. So um, we've got one of them and hopefully he'll be, um, be the goods for us.
Yeah, I hope so too. He looks pretty. He looks pretty good, and um, I'll be interested to say whether whether he gets an opportunity uh, to play in the semi final. I'll be watching that closely. Emma, I yeah. was um, I was overseas when the uh, the quarter final was on, and I actually watched most of the game on um, on the on the Sky Sports over there, but missed the goal at the end and a bit of a bit of the melee after when the, some of the players got uh, when it started to localize. Yeah, the, the rain was localized road, road, in yeah. the players' race. <laughs> in the players' race, which is poor form but again I was at Hume City for three years as technical director so it's a great stadium to play in but they left it late didn't they and how are they going to focus in your opinion on how they're going to attack their semi-final I tell you what I'll be shutting my eyes if it gets that (laughs) close again I really yeah I can't put my finger on it but um yeah they are making it they are making it quite hard for themselves and um hard to watch but I think that once it all clicks, yeah, I think they're going to be really good to watch. One game away from a final, Emma. Exactly. Hey, Emma, it's Absolutely. been great chatting to you. Thanks for joining us um, on, on the show, time. and um, we'll, um, we'll 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 um, pick up the phone from time to time throughout the season because um, yeah. you know we're really all hopeful By that um, the Mariners do uh, sort of improve, and um, and hopefully you can sort of give us that improvement from a yeah, local we've got a, fam- a family fun day at the club this weekend so hopefully that'll just um you know add to the vibe and all, all the details no doubt on the club website so if you're yeah. up on the central coast um check it out and, and, and get along and support if you're a mariners fan you make sure you get along to that semi-final they're going to need all the help they can get and it's a good launching pad for the season Absolutely. Thanks for your time, guys. Thank you, Emma Hurd from the Central Coast Express Advocate, talking about the Central Coast Mariners. Um, Well, we're going to go to the other side of the world and um, European football next, aren't we, Dino? You've got it all ready to go? Just about. Next on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. This could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, welcome back to Box to Box. What a great episode it has been tonight. Cheryl Salisbury, Luke Wilkshire, Emma Heard from the Central Coast Express Advocate. Uh, uh, I think one of our Hall of Fame interviews was the Hall of Famer herself, wasn't it? Uh, uh, that, that'll actually go down into the uh, Box to Box uh, podcast uh, uh, highlight reel, that one, because uh, she she was uh, making a lot of sense, was Cheryl. Mm. Just reflecting on her achievements. Yeah. Four FIFA World Cups, three Olympic Games, not bad. Yeah, exactly. Not bad. All right, well, uh, we're going to get into Europe in a moment, but before we do, you've got to drop everything, guys. Because it's the Chemist Warehouse half-price vitamin sale, and it's on right now. Oh, I need some vitamin C. That means there's half-price off all Blackmores and Swiss vitamins, half-price off all BioGlan and Nature's Way vitamins, and half-price off Naturopathica and Wagner vitamins. I need some B12 as well. B12. Got to get your B2 as well. I need some aftershave. Aftershave. Uh, Willem, you need some Rexona, mate. You smell uh, nice at the best of times, <laughs> uh, given that we uh, don't that stink up going? the... Uh, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I, try, I drive him home every night. He needs yeah. he, he's working hard with him. He studies all day long and all night long. He doesn't get out in the sun. He needs some vitamin D. Correct. No, I get out in the sun enough, actually, don't worry. <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll head into chemistry house, so don't worry. Just How'd you go with the collection of the medallions last week? Uh, the collection of the medallions went really well. How really did you well. go? I didn't get the McClellan Trophy, but other than that, oh, went all right. Well, I've got them all. I'm going to bring them in and show you next week. Okay, the, uh, the AFL and NRL I'll bring mine trophies. in, mate. Did you get yeah. them all? Yeah, of course all. I got them all. Yeah. <laughs> they selected. How do you think I got them? But did you get them from the shop or did you get them from the office? <laughs> well, what do you reckon? Uh, you're not going to miss out on half-price vitamins. Drop everything. Rush to Chemist Warehouse, the vitamin sale. The half-price vitamin sale is on now. With vitamins this cheap, you'll want to be quick. Chemist Warehouse, the great savings are every single day. 
Hey, uh, Dino, a um, bit of action in uh, Europe, as there is every uh, week. Is, yeah. You've been away for a couple of weeks. You went, I have. You went to, just, let's just indulge ourselves for a moment. You went to Wales. You went to England. You went to Poland. Greece. And Greece. You started off in Greece, didn't started you? started off, yeah. You went we to Crete. Went to Crete. Yeah, how good's that place? What a beautiful place. Paradise. Yeah, you had, I saw some of the uh, pictures. Photos. And your mate, John Beckett, got over across yeah, to Crete. Yeah, he got Is across, right? yeah. He was uh, he was my partner, so to speak. Did he? But didn't go to the wedding. Did because... you get any damage on the dance floor happening with oh, JB? Oh, no, really. No. What a bit of, no doubt there was a bit of banter between Darby and Nottingham just yeah, to pass the time a away. Bit, a little bit of that. But, uh, but generally, he was involved in everything they did, apart from he wasn't on the wedding list unless someone dropped off. Right, okay. And no one did, so... <laughs> so <laughs> he, went, he went all the way to Crete and packed. missed the wedding. Yeah, so, later. Uh, well, hang on. We hang, love hang, you, JB. Should, we love what, you, JB. Uh, how... how did he not just sort of do uh, well, an Adam Sandler wedding crash? No, so, uh, no, so, so Sue Wynn, the mum, mm. who's of the daughter, mm. and uh, Nick, um, who's, the, who's the groom, I've known the family since mm. 2002 and known Sue since 2008. And what happened is that basically when my boss got married uh, to his wife, uh, Sue came up with Janine and I. And she was in the same boat that John was, that if someone drops off the perch, then you're in. But if nobody does, then you're not going to the wedding. Well, luckily for her, somebody did not get there, so she came to the wedding. So when, when this wedding came around... I said to Sue, look, just out of left field. She goes, I know what you're going to say. And, and she says, yeah, look, get him across and same rules apply. Because it happened to me. Surely you just you just would have done the Adam Sandler, just crashed it and pulled up a pulled up a rock beside one of the tables and pinched a bit of your calamari and a bit of that person's halloumi. A bit of bit of a bit of a let me tell you that the the facility was superb, so it was it was good. Hey Dino, let's go through some action from what happened last week. You want to start with Nigel fades up to Greek music and fades it back down again. Very quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, EFL Cup. Yeah, yeah, EFL Cup. Are we starting out the EFL Cup? Well, we're going to start there because that's where we, you know, that's why the notes say, well, this is the first thing on the uh, cab off the rank. And I think it's... Was there really any shocks? Massive shocks. Was there? Well, and I Craw- say that with tongue in my cheek. Well, Crawley Town beat Stoke City. They're in a world of pain. Um, they're in all sorts of trouble, Stoke. Um, lost on 5-3 on penalties. Um, Portsmouth, Southampton. Disappointing outcome there after there was violence between the fans that's one of the, the fieriest derbies in oh, all of football in the UK but did you hear that a guy and he got absolutely smashed by the police he, he, he was hitting the police horse yeah he that was funny. There's, there is some social media footage of a guy hit, hitting a police horse in the nose, and then the police, the guy on the police horse chases him, but in a direction where he turns a corner and runs into about 15 other policemen Good. who grab him, and the guy on the police horse says to the other policeman, this guy's been hitting the horse. Well, didn't they take he, matters he into got, their own hand? He, did, yeah, he, did, he got a whip him. He, he got, got a whip him. a little touch-up, I think, there. Yeah. Um, some of the shocks, um, Burton Albion, uh, my mate Nigel. Um, How many minutes of extra time, Dino? 24, you said. I, I was 28. 28. They turned yeah. down, and I, I was just talking about how great, the floodlights went out three little, times. Yeah, listen, they, hey, I'll tell you what, they're having a good spell turning the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go again. <laughs> Restart. Cloughly. So they, they got over the top of Bournemouth 2-0. Yeah, that's great superb. Um Oxford United for West Ham. What about nil. that? I mean, that, West Ham had nine changes but, to but their lineup. Se- but, but they had seven. Really? They had seven. Mm. 
and let me tell you there's a rant that was on our favourite show overseas yeah, and yeah. it is the rant of all time it doesn't swear either mm. like he's in full throttle we're going to have to get it next week's show we're going to have to get a copy of that because it's the rant mm. of all rants okay. um so that was a shock. Um, Sunderland beating Sheffield United. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a Premier League team against the First Division. Uh, I think that was a shock. Um, could have been a shock for your boys, Wolves, because obviously you, yes. you've been to the Molyneux. So, well, uh, they, they were down. Was, did you know what happened, though? They, you they, didn't listen to last week's show, did you? Has he been to the Molyneux? <laughs> <laughs> he was playing the theme song. He was doing yeah, everything. Was fantastic. He was just telling, telling Derek about the story, just in case oh. any listeners had So that. Nuno Espirito Santo had made his last change, and I can't, I can't remember the name of the player off the top of my head, but then there was an injury. Yeah. So they had to play the, uh, the last stages of the game uh, with 10 men. Yeah. And um, obviously got through on penalties in the end. Exactly. Yeah, so... Manchester United won one with well, Rochdale. It was... Yeah. The, there was a 16-year-old who scored in his debut. <laughs> and he, he was superb. I mean, it was superb. And, and what the other thing is, they had another 15-year-old. So he actually couldn't change in the dressing room because he's not an adult. So they oh, had did to, he have to have his parents? So, so he, had to have, he, had to, he had to have a special... Um, area. <laughs> area for himself. So and this was Rochdale? Yeah, this was Rochdale. So it would Matheson. Yeah, yeah, what scored. a strike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he looks like a real good player. Well, they, they were talking about him on the commentary as if he's a real genuine prospect. Oh, to go will be. Hey, Daniel, let's go to the Premier League and uh, have a look at that. Yeah, we can do. Uh, look, from last week's game, I mean, I think the comeback from Leicester 2-1, uh, that yeah, was massive. Did you see the Harry Kane goal? I did. I saw the highlights of yeah, that, but I was down, falling down it? and just swung the leg. I was doing a bit of the um, unofficial dropping the kids off from parties, you know, yeah, the ones who are on pee plates, they can't drive and they drink, all that sort of stuff. So I was dropping and picking off, uh, picking up quite a bit. So I was listening to, um, that's the best thing about uh, when you're out late at night, dropping your kids off, picking them up. You get to listen to the, uh, the the action live mm-hmm. on uh, Macquarie Sports Radio, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they all tell me, turn it off, put the music on, but I was like, no, you want me to drive you exactly. around? You have to listen to this, and uh, they all got into it. Okay. Uh, we listened to the Leicester come back. It was a, a great call and uh, a good result for Leicester. They're well and truly on the way, Leicester. They yeah, are, look, mm. they're in good spot, third, third place. Third spot on the ladder. And he's a good manager, and, and I think... Um, I think if they just get on a little bit of a run and stay in there for a while, then they'll get used to being in that position. Uh, I think the West Ham United 2-0 to Man United's put a world of pain on the Ollie's shoulders. And what about Chelsea not, and Liverpool? That was the game, wasn't it? A missed penalty. Well, it was. It was. And, and to be fair, Chelsea played really well. They did, didn't they? They're, they're looking a decent side. Yeah, Willem, you wanted to... Yeah, I just wanted to have a word on Man United. They are in a world of hurt. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they do from now? Ollie's sort of halfway between backing the youth, and we've just seen Mason Redmond yeah. uh, score another goal. Um, does he double down and just play the youth, or does he no. sort of pick and stick to what no, he's got? I, think... I did quickly see Jose Mourinho come out and say the team's no good, and he doesn't rate them. Jose, yeah, look, you've had mm, your go. Look, yeah. I get that. I think they, he needs another window. Yep. Um, but the trouble is, you know what this game's like. If, if, if they would have gone out last night, it could have been curtains. Mm. Um but they're just not good enough. I mean, they signed three good, and the three players they've signed, they're all putting a shift in. Yep. So you go, and the three he's brought in has made a difference. Then I just, I tell you, who really frustrates me is Pogba. He just prances around. Well, he only came back from injury yeah, last night. Yeah, but I, and I don't care. I just, it does my nothing. 
mm. you know, for the ability the boys got. He's one of those players who, um, when he plays international football for France, he's one of the best going around yeah. of Eddie's club. He just doesn't carry the can. No. And he should be carrying the can. Even like with a minute to go. He should be right? the man. There's, there's yeah. a minute to go. He fannies around with the ball in the middle of the park. They break. What's he do? Uh, Fannies <laughs> around. And what he does, he keeps putting his hand up, waving to everyone, apologising. Don't apologise. Run back and go and win the ball back so they don't get a winner. I mean, sure, it's all about him, and they do my nut in these players. Well, just quickly, that was Mason Greenwood, not Mason Redmond. Um, the one that is really upsetting for mine is Rashford, because there's been a number of guys, Pogba included at that club, who have behaved poorly over the last couple of years. I don't think you put him in that category. I think he's always had a crack. He's really Mark professional. Yeah, yeah. But now he's, what is he, 21 now, and yeah. he's leading the line, and he's just looks so bereft of form. Maybe he's not going to be good enough to be the sole striker, which is a real shame, and now he's injured for yeah. a little period of time. So, yeah, he's, he's really in a bit of a hole at the minute. I, I think we're getting another manager. He's not going to be able to do anything. So for me, I think it's, you've just got to stick it out. Yeah. Get another window in, in in January and make that another three or four. But who would who would you um, replace? Well, just start with. I mean, who who else is there? Uh, I mean, they they were after Pochettino and uh, he he decided to stay. There's a sense though that he's. Uh, you know, on the way out at Spurs. Yeah, well, games come thick and fast, and for all the listeners around Australia who might be interested, West Ham are in fifth spot on the table. Mm. So, Hammers fans, yes, they'll be happy. My team, <laughs> well, they're they're happy. Happy. my team, they're Arsenal, Arsenal, they're in fourth. That's where they've Which sat for most of the last team? 10 years, isn't it? Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, they're going to come hey, fourth hold on, hold on. again. Have you ever heard him ever support Arsenal? I've heard him. He usually he's, he brings up Arsenal. Arsenal, when, Alexandria, isn't it? When, yeah, exactly. When when they've won something. Other than oh, that, okay. he'll just like generally Arsenal. keep hey, um, so he's light under a bushel. For, for the reason... And Tottenham Hotspur in seventh. And Burnley... Burnley, who we were wondering whether they would get over the top of mm. Timu uh, Pukki's mob, Norwich, they did, and uh, they're in the they're in the top ten in ninth. Sheffield United in tenth, so it's all looking pretty good. Uh, goal scorers, Dino, who is leading the goal scorers at the moment? Sergio Aguero on eight goals, just for a change. Uh, just for a change, I'm really pleased to announce that Tammy Abraham is in second because uh, he was under an enormous pressure coming into this new role back at Chelsea. Um, and some of the uh, the racial um, vilification yeah. that he copped um, after uh, he missed, was it a penalty? Yeah, he missed yeah. the penalty mm. and, and look, he's, he's never, actually that was the making of him because they all got around him mm. and he's, he's now banged in seven. Uh, uh, bang in on six. Uh, and our t- man, Timu Puki. Yeah, I look like him. Yeah, uh, six as well and then Raheem Sterling so between Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling there's 13 goals there already do you know, know well you've been away I mean Timu Puki's turned into Edge's love child oh, well, yeah. do you not Robert love Sonnen a name called Timu Puki well especially when he's scored <laughs> Finish, the way that he uh, does sharpshooter hey um, Dino what's the uh, match of the week this week Who do you, what do you think uh, in what in the EPL yeah oh, I think most probably I think the Bournemouth-West Ham game is 6v5, one-point gap. And I think at the bottom end of it, it's the Wolves versus Watford. That's uh, a game, isn't that's it? That's a game and a half. Rob, now, guys, Rob I'm Gilbert's second-team Wolverhampton mm. against Watford, 19v20. I'm going to make an executive decision as we wrap up this chat on uh, Premier League. That, um, we've got a little bit of time left in stoppage time. And we've been dropping the ball in recent weeks on the championship. And uh, yep. and since so Dino's back, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's 
pick up on yep. some of the the loose um, sort of uh, stories that we haven't been covering. What well, the, well, the championships. Um, where are we now? It's oh, well, stand by. Well, because I said we're going to do it in stoppage time. Oh, we're going to do it in stoppage time. This isn't stoppage time. Okay. So we're cutting this short, or we still? No, no. We're going to wrap it up now, and then we're going to do stoppage time. So Dana, you. I needed smoke signals for this. Or you could take the wax out of your ears. All right, stand by. Ladies and gentlemen, stoppage time is next, and we're going to talk about the championship, all right? Next on Box to Box. Box to Box. For Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal. Yes, welcome back to Box to Box. This is stoppage time. The fourth official signals. There are around 10 minutes left. Not quite uh, what happened at the Pirelli Stadium with the 28 minutes at Burton Albion. But uh, before we get into it, gentlemen, um, we want to talk about our good mates at Storage King. You know what it's like. We talk about it often. You accumulate so much stuff over your lifetime. William, you're a young man, but... um, you got a bunch of um, 50-year-old plonkers who you're working with. Who, I'm not 50 yet. Enough well, of that. nearly. Um, I'm not yet. Nearly. Dino, he's just shaded the other side. I turned 53. Oh, give me a break. I turned 53 the other day. I'm quite, shaded? I'm, I'm quite he's deep well into it. Geez, that's right. He's... It was, forget about that. I was, uh, we were uh, at Dino's 50th a few years ago. It was yeah, my, like a century ago. My 53rd on Tuesday, by the way. I know, I know one said happy birthday. Happy um, birthday. Happy birthday, you. Rob. Um, so you got to get to Storage King if you've got a bunch of this other stuff. What is going on there? Talk about it. <laughs> that's some of your worst knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, and we're, we're talking about Storage King, of course, because you accumulate a lot of things over your life and you've got to find a place to get them stored. And you go to storageking.com.au. That is the place to go. They the kings of storage moving and more. So stick around with Storage King. Gentlemen, the championship. The championship in England is uh, Dino's favourite league. It's one of my favourite leagues too. And uh, I understand uh, Dino's been overseas and uh, shooting around with his mate Richard Rudsky and and Leeds were playing Derby and Richard apparently piped up and said, Dino, Derby got done, 1-0. Little did Richard know there were still two minutes in the game to go. <laughs> and little did I only know the next day. <laughs> and uh, before we knew that, uh, Derby drew against Leeds 1 1. In, in, what, in what would have been a grudge match based on what oh, it happened. is. There's, there's a big rivalry. Massive. Yeah, yeah. It, it I watched the way. damn United there and back twice. <laughs> and that was, and it's, it's still going. Yeah, like, yeah. The, you know. Absolutely still going. Um, the one thing that worries me about the championship at the moment is that uh, our man Massimo Longo can't get a start for. Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. He does in the in the cup games, in the league games, league cup games, or the Caribou Cup games, but uh, or FA Cup games. Well, but they're, they're in they're in ninth place, so they're right on the the cusp. Of, you know, they need to get a, you know a decent win and hope that things above them go there that can push themselves into the top six. But they've had a reasonably good start. We, um, we call him Jackson Irvine, but um, the commentators from the championship call him Jackson Irvin, Irvin. and um, he's um, the main man at Hull. Uh, they're in uh, 14th spot with nine points, so they're sort of uh, just lower mid-table, um, got a little bit of work to do. Um, in terms of the Australians, uh, that is significant. Uh, uh, so, Dino, um, what are you, Leeds, Swansea, Preston... Albion, West Bromwich Albion, Queens Park Rangers, Nottingham Forest are the top six. So, John Beckett, Nottingham Forest in the top six, he would love that. He would be very happy with that, yeah. That. But um, does any of those clubs shock you? Um, I think Swansea does. Uh, yeah. 
but they've got a new manager and you know it was highly acclaimed from 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 within I, th- I think I can't remember the guy it was Dan Ashworth maybe recommended him to get the job and um, he's done obviously a fabulous job because they joined top with Leeds Preston North End didn't think they would be there no, at this stage QPR as well they've yeah. always been halfway especially because they've had so many financial problems so the, there's yeah. a couple of little things that I want to just touch on though like look at Stoke and I look at Huddersfield, and, and I know, I know. Just Willow, for the listeners, Huddersfield are in on the bottom of the ladder, 24th position, uh, eight games, one point, and a goal difference of minus 10. So they um, have, uh, they're in a world of pain. So they're from going from the Premier League straight down, and they can't take a trick. And like Willem, you wanted to ask a question about that. Yeah, looking at Huddersfield, and similarly Stoke were in the Premier League yeah. for 10 years. Is there sort of any reason why some clubs completely? fail basically while other clubs such as Swansea, West Brom, uh, Norwich seem to perennially go down but they're they're already building to come back up again. Can you prepare yourself for it better than than not? Look I think the, the way especially teams that were going up and down up and down which Birmingham were in the days when we were going back quite regularly to England uh, they they had a process where they had a Premier League wage and you know that's this is what's in your contract and if we you know if we get and we stay in the league you're still getting that because it's a three-year contract whatever it is but if we get relegated we've got a different contract for you and they have to agree to it and it works because then when they drop down and obviously the you know the revenues change and all the dynamics they had a really good opportunity then to jump back up and it, it seemed to work because Birmingham as we know were coming up and down all yeah, the they time, were. Yeah, that's right. The teams that yo-yo like that, and uh, you know, you, you talk about Swansea's one of those teams. They would definitely have a, a big chunk of their squad on a contracts like that. Some of their frontliners they may have on normal uh, payments, and and a, and, a, and a frontliner might only sign for a, a club that's in relegation zone in the Premier League if they get a multi-year contract at Premier League wages. So their parachute payments would cover that. Yep. Um, but in the context of Huddersfield Town, I just think that they had an ownership change. Um, I think there's there's been a bit of instability and they had an exodus of players and they just haven't been able to replace them and uh, they've just gone out the just gone out backwards and uh, they've they've got a lot of work to do because they are way off the pace. There's some really big games coming up this weekend and I think uh, nothing short of uh, the Queens Park Rangers West Brom third v fourth. Um, I think that's you know that's a that's a six pointer for those two teams and I think even uh, Charlton Atletico I think have done a fabulous job. You should mention job. them because they've been promoted yeah, from they have. League One and uh, they're up to eighth spot on the table well, again, on fourteen if, points. If, they're if, only they're only three points from top of the table. Well, that's it. So if they beat the Leeds, they'll 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 join them. They will. Yeah. Um, then at the other end, uh, well, Hull City and this is one with Cardiff. It's fourteen v thirteen. Again, Cardiff got relegated last year, so that they're going to really be in a position where they need to win. And then the other game, which is again one of the surprises, not so much with Bristol City because they've been knocking on the door, but Preston North End and Bristol City, 3v7, one-point gap. And then the, the one at the very bottom is Barnsley and Brentford. You know, if Barnsley can get a result, they jump into that pack of eight where you know you, you're out of the relegation zone. Uh, but you know what the championship like you can you can still be in this bottom three or four and still get promoted you've just got to go on a run and a sustained run just think Leicester City well exactly right when that would happen for them so so look it's uh, I think we love this league because it's it throws up all sorts of dynamics um, but I, I look at the table there and you know I look at my team Derby at, at, you know on eight points but two two three wins 
Yes, yeah, games come through yeah, the first. Yeah, absolutely, they do. They're, they're, you know, they're in the top sort of eight, eight uh, teams. But no, no, exciting times in the championship, and uh, you can see the pick of the games on Bean Sport. And we do. Uh, we I chatted to uh, De Jackson not uh, oh, a couple of weeks Off-line, ago, and yeah, yeah and uh, he's um, he's really uh, you know in that sort of stage where you know coming back from from Socceroos camp, about to go back into Socceroos camp, obviously with the Nepal game coming up uh, again soon. Where and Chinese Taipei in, in, tai, in Taiwan. Exactly. Yeah. Where where he, they're really digging in hard. I mean the the um the, the, they're not. Out of the woods for a, a spot in the promotion, as you said, Dino, yeah. and uh, um, and he's, um, you know, he, he hasn't given up on his his dreams of um, of you know of, of Premier League. You know, and, and ship sure. hasn't sailed. I mean, let's let's be let's be realistic. He's a, now a mainstay in the Socceroos, and if you watch a whole game, he's mm. their main player. Yeah, he he is uh, their go-to player. Um, he's on probably arguably, I'd say he's on probably most of the money there. Um, so. He has to deliver for them. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I've got to, I've got a scoop that I'm not going to announce now, but from from a championship perspective, there could be some uh, interesting news this time next week. Dino, you can't yeah. do that. It's just for the listeners, just to get ready to make sure you're tuning in next week a to scoop. our show. It's championship uh, news. Edge looks like the the uh, sort of the cat that got the cream. So he I obviously know knows. <laughs> So you, you haven't got a very good poker no, face but, with these but things. You look like you know what it's You know, it's about. like anything. Things have to develop and uh, get signed off and all that. But I think it could be a very, very interesting outcome. Dean Hennessy has been... He's going to be named... Um, a manager of Birmingham City. <laughs> wow. I doubt it. You take us all over as your crew. I'll be your media okay. manager. <laughs> I wish. All right, boys. Well, well done. That's uh, another show done and dusted. We really enjoyed chatting to Cheryl earlier on. Uh, Luke Wilkshire was great. And uh, our first time, uh, Emma Heard uh, from the Central Coast Express Advocate. Dino's back from Greece. Um, he's um, He smells of... Uh, Nigel Rothmans. playing now. What are you playing, Nigel? Um, he's, uh, it's the... Zorba. Zorba. Yeah. That can I just say as well, last week being at Auschwitz, great to yeah, be there yeah. and be able to do the show from there. So I was really yeah. pleased that uh, yeah. that was that. You know, it was a, t- a tough day. We just tough finished. Day, the, had you been the, there before? Yeah, you had yeah, yeah, the yeah. second time. No, the same. Been yeah, there a few times. And Richard yeah. took me there last year when I had uh, yeah. a couple of days. Very off very the humbling. Of the World Cup. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's a somber note to end it on, but um, one which we, once, yeah. yeah, we um, we do not forget, of course. The hey, what about the A League? Yeah, Alex coming soon. No, the Iranian referee. Yeah, well, we oh, talk yeah, about that. What about the Iranian referee? Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. All right, I'll talk about it. Just bringing up a story at the very end with five <laughs> seconds to go. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, stick around because next week we're going to talk about an Iranian referee Three. for two hours. Yeah. All right, but until then, let's go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game one more time next week on Box to Box.